1: Hello. Hello. Thank you for, for downloading the podcast. We appreciate it as ever. Got myself into a funny situation yesterday. Mm-hmm. Had a couple of errands to run. Here were the two errands. I needed to go to the, the brunch place and pick myself up a bagel, some cream cheese, and an iced coffee. Mm -hmm. I also needed to go to the chemist and pick up my prescription. Okay. And to complicate things, as I was leaving the house, Sarah said, can you get me a bottle of body moisturiser?
2: Right. I
1: don't moisturise my body. No. I don't moisturise any part of me.
2: Nothing, not even your face.
1: No, I probably should. Did I tell you recently, she said to me you need to start moisturising your face. I'm not ready to be with a flaky husband. She felt like I'm ageing in a way that could lead to flakiness. Well,
2: actual flakes, like bits of you falling off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, fair enough.
1: Anyway, my, my general approach to moisturiser has been, I'm, ha- I'm happy with the moisture level I am. I, I, I tend to like to be dry.
2: You like being dry. Rather drying, than wet. wet. Fair enough. Fair enough.
1: And, uh, and that, that works well for me. <laughs> okay, okay. So I've never moisturised. I don't have anything against it. I don't think it's not masculine. If I did think it was not masculine, maybe I'd be more in, uh, more inclined to do it. Okay. Just despite traditional norms of masculinity. Yeah. However, as established, I'm, I'm happy with my moisture levels. So now there's this other thing in the mix, which is giving me some anxiety because I don't know how to buy moisturiser.
2: But has she given you a name of a brand? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I have to
1: I have to coax that out of her.
2: Right, right. And so she she's she told you the shop to go to? The chemist. Oh, the chemist. I say
1: I'm going to the chemist. Yep. She says, can you pick up some body moisturiser? The truth is I then freak out going, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. I'm happy with the moisture levels in my skin. <laughs> right. I never wear this, it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's nothing to do with masculinity. You know, I go through yeah, all the, the thing. And she says, look, I will I'll tell you the name of the brand. Mm. Write it down in your phone. Mm. You just need to get body moisturiser. yeah. I'm still anxious about this. Okay. I initially have to work out, because there's a queue to get into the chemists, because you know, they're only allowed two people in at a time. Okay. And there's a queue for the bagel place. Right. So thinking about how to do that in the most time-efficient way stresses me out. hmm And then... Uh, I eventually decide to get the bagel and the coffee first, then go to the chemist, which is what I do when I go in there. There, there are many bottles of stuff of this particular brand, some of which say body lotion.
2: Oh, okay.
1: Some of which say moisturizing oil. Right. None of which just have the words body and moisturizer. Right, right. So I get into a terrible flap about mm, that. The
2: stress of this.
1: I, I, I pick what I think is the right thing. Mm. I pay. I leave. I start on the journey home. And I've just got too many things in my hands. I haven't brought a bag out with me. I've got an iced coffee, a big bag with the bagel and cheese in it. I've got a little bag with my prescription in it. And I've got a loose bottle of moisturiser because I didn't want to ask for a plastic bag. Mm, mm, mm. To make this easier for myself, I decide to have a rearrange. And to rearrange, I stop in front of... Do you ever worry about the amount of things that you just don't know the name of
2: for example
1: for example the thing i stop in front of yeah i can tell you what it is okay
2: describe it to me and see if i know the name it's a
1: metal box on the street
2: yeah
1: and inside it are lots of wires that presumably to do with telephones or the or the internet
2: i have no idea right
1: (laughs) okay i feel slightly better
2: it's not called the exchange box is it no that's just that's it sounds sounds plausible
1: but it doesn't quite sound right either no no I line all the things up on top of the exchange box <laughs> and then consolidate in a way that makes it all easy to carry. Right. I then continue my journey home. All in all, I'm about three minutes' walk from my house for the entire the entirety of this story. Mm. As I'm almost at my front door, I'm looking at the objects and thinking, Oh,
2: no. The one missing... Where's that moisturiser? Oh, right. Yeah.
1: And I realise I must have left it on top of that thing that may or may not be called an exchange box. Oh, no. So I head back. <laughs> it's at the end of a street, so I can see this box yeah. as I'm approaching it. And I can see the moisturiser sitting there.
2: Oh, okay, good.
1: But it's much closer to the main road than I am. Mm. And while I'm still some way off, I see a lady. no notice it, go over, pick it up, look at it and then put it inside her bag.
2: No, you witness it Mm. and what do you do?
1: What would you do in that situation?
2: Is it possible to, how long would it take to catch up?
1: I I could easily catch this lady up by this point. Seconds.
2: I'd be very tempted to, because I'm much tighter than you and I wouldn't want to have to pay for it again, I would be extremely motivated to catch her up, say, oh, sorry, that was mine, I just left it there.
1: Do you not think you look like a crazy person going up to someone in the street and saying, that's mine,
0: <laughs> mine, uh, give it back, yeah. mine? <laughs>
1: a thing that was just on a box in the street It's
0: yeah, mine, yeah, not yeah.
2: yours. Give it back. I happened to once with a £5 note. I picked up a £5 note and then a man came along and went, oh, did you just pick up a £5 note? That was mine and I gave it to him, Give it back but to him.
1: But at least in, in that situation... Mm. I guess he knew it was a five pound note. I didn't know what this was a bottle of. Oh yeah. You were just like I'm very confused a by a bottle it. of
2: body lotion, it could have been oil or was it moisturizing? Yes, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, now you're saying it. you'd have yep. to be describing it in great detail from your memory. Mm.
1: So you've you, preempted what happened. You I went straight it. back into the chemist and oh. bought another seven pound
2: ninety nine. Well at least that lady had a lovely happy surprise that day. And moist skin. Very moist, yeah.
1: Well, it is always joy to uh, to hear from drifters and I believe they heeded our call mm-hmm. for stories of um, social interactions gone awry.
2: Yep. And the first one is from Lynn. I'm a nurse, a bit long in the tooth, seen and heard it all. I'm sort of retired, so that will give you an indication of how old I am, in brackets, 63. I am naturally very, very shy. Obviously, in some situations, I've had to be assertive as I was a sister. Hated that part. Most of my career, I've been a children's nurse, but now mainly work with adults in outpatient departments as a bank nurse, which means I get to choose where and when I work. Before lockdown, I agreed to help out with the medical exams, which usually entails making sure the real patients who come in to be examined by medical students for their end of year exams are in the right place at the right time and have been to the toilet before the exam starts. I've done this many times before. Well, when I arrived this time, I thought the university staff who run the whole exam thing were looking a bit shifty. After the real patients had arrived and I'd made sure they all had some tea and snacks, I asked what else they wanted me to do. Well, at these exams, you have some real patients, role players and clinical skill stations where the students have to pretend to do a procedure with all the equipment set out and a senior doctor assesses them. Picture my face when I was told I was to be a pretend patient whilst the medical student did a vaginal examination. (sighs) I was to sit on a chair with a model of the lower half, a very detailed female torso on a table in front of me and had a script to work with whilst the student performed the examination. This involved showing some real discomfort to see if the student asked if I was OK to proceed. I really don't think I can tell you what was going through my mind. It made sense of the shiftedness of the staff running the day's exams. Anyway, best nurse face on, I endured many a beetroot face medical student. Majority were 22-year-old males, probably all virgins as nerdy studious types that day, looking straight at me saying, I'm going to insert two fingers into your vagina. Policy is doing any intimate examination, you do not have any eye contact at this time, but they nearly all did. How I kept a straight face, I really don't know. The senior doctor kept saying he didn't know how I managed it. Finally, it was the end of the morning. The last student left the bay I was working in and I could relax as I was going to be working in a different exam area in the afternoon. I tidied the equipment up and drew back the curtains. Two of the real patients opposite my bay had just finished getting changed and one of the men said to me, oh, well done. I'd met him earlier, setting him in his bed space and I said, yes, it had all gone well. He said, no, well done you, letting them examine you all morning. He thought I'd allowed about 24 medical students to examine my privates. I nearly choked and said, oh, God, it wasn't my bits, and showed them the model we had been using. <laughs> this wasn't the end of the, the ordeal, as these students go for a debriefing after the exam and then they collect their belongings and phones. Guess whose job it was to watch them. <laughs> they all shuffled past me, some mumbling thank you, others avoiding eye contact. Unlike before, well, they were busy saying they were about to put two fingers up my Hoo-ha. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And this is from Kirsty. It all started when our back door key snapped in the lock last night and stuck fast. All was safe ish, and rather than call out an emergency locksmith late last night, we opted to call someone out during normal working hours today. I work shifts, and it is my first job off in a run of days, so my usual pattern is to get on with all the boring household jobs, then have a shower and a bit of a pamper as a reward. My partner has been working from home throughout the pandemic, so I've got used to this little routine, safe in the knowledge that he can answer the door for any unexpected deliveries, etc. As he organised the locksmith and knew what details had been given, I didn't think much of it when he said he was popping into the office for half an hour to print out some labels. I was on my last job, cleaning the bathroom, my least favourite, and I was looking forward to my upcoming reward. My partner's parting shot was, the locksmith will be here this afternoon and I'll be back in an hour. So I thought no more of it as I carried on with my routine. Well, you can imagine my surprise. when about 30 minutes later, as I was putting on a charcoal face mask, I heard my phone ring. My partner. The locksmith's outside. He's rang the bell. Can you let him in? Me. Uh, no. Partner. What do you mean no? Me. I'm wearing a towel and I've just put a pitch black face mask on. <laughs> partner. Oh, oh God. I'll be 15 minutes. Oh, God. So now here I am hiding in my bedroom and pretending to not be in my own house as the doorbell once again rings. After what has felt like an eternity, my partner has arrived home and then shouts up the stairs to me, as he knows I'm in, with the locksmith in earshot, who now must think I'm incredibly odd or some sort of (laughs) hermit. I'm adopting the port protocol and refusing to acknowledge either of them until the locksmith leaves, and even then it's debatable. (laughs) love a hiding story
1: i do i also think they shouldn't make face
2: masks that color no i know yeah
1: (laughs) oh that's good that's good yeah hiding stories always good it also occurred to me and i know this isn't quite what lynn was doing but um sort of uncomfortable moments with a medical professional Mm. it's probably uh, a a good source for us as well Oh yes if that helps Uh, Unlodge this, lodge anything in your brain story wise. Uh, Listen, thanks again for, uh, as ever, uh, sending in such brilliant stories. We would love more, please, if you haven't told us yours yet, or if you've got a new one that is fresh. Maybe. they say time plus tragedy equals comedy, don't they? Yes. But, um, let's see if we we can help you with the time issue, if it's a new one.
2: I enjoyed how that last one was like live told. Like, yes. Yeah, she was writing it yes. as it was happening. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. yeah nice. It's
1: great, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, please uh, send us yours. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. All right, Annabelle Port, uh, do you do you want to give us another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult?
2: Yeah, I've got two small ones today. First is that a canvasser for a political party knocked on our door this week and it was someone from the opposite end of the spectrum where me and Tom's political beliefs lie. We were also just about to go out. My boyfriend answered the door and he said straight away, oh, sorry, we're just off out. And the man said, oh, that's fine. Pass him a leaflet and said, can I count on your support? And Tom said, uh, definitely not, no. So firmly, the man was so taken back that he just laughed. And I have never fancied Tom Moore. It was nearly as alluring as when he abbreviated the words bank holiday to banky H in a WhatsApp message. It's
0: <laughs> <a> good, right? <laughs>
2: Definitely so alpha, isn't it? And it's very in stark contrast to when a canvasser from the same political party was sick on my doorstep, then knocked on my door as I was just going out and they asked if they could then count on my vote. And even though they'd been sick on my doorstep and an hour was going to be late as I had to clean it up, I still said, yes, you could count on my vote. (laughs) Two very different people here. Very different. Okay, second one. I took Rudy to a farm recently and it's one of those farms with like fairground rides, you know, the type of place. Um, And it's all great, apart from when I went to the toilet. So what I'm about to describe, I'm sure has happened to all parents of small children at some point. But it was the aftermath that was both surprising and faintly horrifying. Mm. So we were in the toilet together as it was Rudy that needed to go. And then there's something about being in a toilet that makes me want to go too. So it's now my turn. I go, then as I'm standing up to pull up my trousers, my son opens the door and exposes my entire bottom half to the queue. Now, I had quite a short top on, not crop top, don't worry, but like (laughs) like a short one. So there was nothing covering me up at all. Luckily, very luckily, there was only one person in the queue and it was a woman who looked at me horrified as I quickly shut the door. So I pulled my trousers up, flushed the toilet and braced myself for facing her again Anyone toilet. And I'm rehearsing what I can say. Like, shall I go with nothing, adopt the port protocol, pretend nothing had happened? Do I apologise for what she's seen? Do I make a joke about it? And if so, what? And I'm pretty set on a cross between options one and two, like where there's no eye contact. But if I feel like she's got PTSD, I might mumble a sorry. So I'm dreading it. But I forced myself to open the door and she's gone.
1: No, <laughs> she's fled.
2: She's so horrified by my naked bottom half which is probably now scorched on her retina for life she decided it's preferable to wet herself to ever seeing me again she'd rather walk around a farm with urine soaked underwear than have to see the physical form of the image that will haunt her for the rest of her days <laughs> the only other alternative is that she's so embarrassed for me and my revolting lower body that she's hiding until i've left which i suppose is pretty nice for her, really <laughs> not good for myself confidence though
1: <gasps> had you had you planned anything to say other yeah. than sorry? Yeah,
2: I was just gonna. I was gonna do a cross between like ignoring it, and I was gonna sort of judge it to see how much she was willing to kind of look at me, and then so may, maybe go sorry. Have you? Would you have something planned Would you? Yeah. Do you know what I would have said? Oh, go on.
1: Hot enough for you?
2: Oh, hot <laughs> enough for you? Uh, okay. Next time, and there probably will be next time. It's definitely what I'm going to say.
1: I'll t- tell you. I have. Um, so it's just the worst thing when somebody opens the toilet door yeah, yeah. when you're on it and I think if you're a normal person you apologise
2: yeah yeah yeah
1: Like you're sort of horrified and you, you, even though you're the one who's been intruded on mm. but um, I always think I would love to have the presence of mind to just sit completely still and say I've been expecting you so creepy <laughs> it'd be so creepy wouldn't
2: amazing. it amazing
0: Plushcare.com/slash/weight-loss.
1: Well, we went out on a couple date on uh, on on um, Saturday night. By which I mean, like mixed doubles.
2: Mixed doubles. It was state. us and
1: another couple. Right. And it was the first time we've been out with them socially. There's some people who live locally that um, I don't know the husband as well, or or didn't. He seems lovely, and the wife seems especially neurotic. So birds of a feather, and, and all that. So mm. uh, enjoyed talking to her uh, in our interactions, and um, I think I think it went well.
2: Good. Well done.
1: What's the what's the etiquette? Do you have to wait for them to ask you on a on another
2: Depends who organised the first one. I mean, I'm guessing it was Sarah.
1: Well, they kind of instigated it. Oh, she then, it's instig- your, then
2: it's your turn. Okay, yeah, yeah, but
1: yeah. what if they didn't enjoy it as much as they said they did?
2: <laughs> Speaking like I know, it's never happened to me. <laughs> I don't know. What if they didn't? But did, they, did you seem like they enjoyed it? What was said yeah, at but the end? we always do this seem again? Like, I
1: remember years and years ago, my ex and I, we lived in a top floor flat and this new couple moved in beneath us and they were Australian, so they were just outgoing and friendly. And they were like, oh, we should, we should go out. So we went out for a meal with them. And it was one of these where you thought, oh, that went really well. We had a great night. Hmm. They never spoke to us again. Never. <laughs> I think they lived there another 18 months or something.
2: <laughs> they never spoke to no. you. again. So I think terrible. my ability to gauge
1: how well an evening okay. has gone is poor.
2: Forget I asked that question.
1: At one stage, um, so I, I ordered the veggie option, which was an aubergine schnitzel.
2: hmm.
1: And it came. And you know, a schnitzel is not an insubstantial thing on a plate. It was big, schnitzel shaped. There was a little uh, silver thing of gravy that came with it, which I poured onto it. I started eating it. I thought, hmm, can't remember that. I can't even remember having a vegetarian schnitzel before. This is, mm, it's almost like a meat like quality. Oh no. no oh no, no, that's meat. Oh. So I had to spit meat into oh, a napkin. Oh
2: no. Yeah, you won't be seeing them again. I then <laughs>
1: there was something about the way in which the, the waitress, she was apologetic, but she didn't take away the, the gravy and she didn't take away the napkin full of spit, which oh. I then had to sit on because oh, no. I didn't want it on the table. Anyway, but she's very apologetic. When the bill came, I noticed that... I had been charged for the schnitzel. You're joking. Now, I my feeling is in that situation, and this was a, a decent restaurant. My feeling is the thing they would have done is yeah. said, "Look, after what happened with your main course, we'd like to comp that for you." Yeah,
2: absolutely, yeah.
1: But they hadn't. So, so the bill came. The woman from the couple was so incensed by this that she went to the toilet because she thought she'd make a fuss, and and she could see that I didn't want to make a fuss.
2: Oh, okay.
1: And then. I really wanted to say something, but I didn't want to look like one of those people who tries to get stuff for free in a restaurant. Mm-mm. So I paid the bill and didn't say a word. And then after I paid, I say, she says, sorry about that again. I say, oh, that's okay. I, I did find it a bit odd that you didn't comp my main course, actually.
2: Oh, we did it afterwards. Yeah, after and you then paid she had to go through
1: all the rigmarole of doing a refund.
2: Oh, <laughs> So you did get it in the I end. I did get it in that's the end. That's the only way to do it though. I Otherwise, that's you, the only you way. You to... look like you're trying to right, get a freebie. Because everybody
1: thought I was strange for not saying anything no. until after I'd paid the no, bill.
2: you're so right. There's nothing uglier than looking like you're trying to get a freebie. No, awful, yeah, yeah. awful. Have I told you about our oven? I can't remember if we talked about this. You did mention it, I think. Yeah, broken, right?
1: Yes. Mm. And I told you that the guy who came around to fix it there was something that seemed a bit incompetent about him.
2: Oh, okay. Did I tell you this? No, part? no, no, no.
1: So we've lived without an oven for a couple of months. It 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 blew up, and then my mum died, and you know it was just it wasn't the first thing on my mind. And then we got this young lad around, and I just got a feeling off of him that he didn't know what he was talking about. Mm. No, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs>
0: So I don't you, understand you the feeling. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and he, he sent this email with this list of things he needed to replace on the oven. And at the bottom of the email, there was a caveat saying, but it might turn out. There are other things that haven't yet been discovered. Oh,
2: I don't want to hear that. And Sarah
1: said, well, you should call his boss and ask if they can send somebody else. How on earth can you have that conversation?
2: That's impossible. Role, role
1: play that you you be the um you be the company okay the appliance repair company okay
2: hello how can I help
1: hi you sent um you sent someone around to have a, a look at our oven yes and the young man you sent it seemed perfectly nice but i, I just have this feeling he he Isn't very good at his job. And (laughs) so Sarah's saying, Well, why don't you just say? say say Of course, I can't say that. No. So, do you know what I did? What? Ignored the quote, Mm. um, paid him the money, you know, paid them the money for the call out, and then tried to pretend like it hadn't happened. And then all of a sudden it's two months later and got somebody around today.
2: Different company. Different company. So, I've had to
1: pay all over again. Oh, no. And Do he said what same? he needs replacing, right. and it's exactly what the same as the, exactly the same as what the other lads said needs no. replacing. Yeah. So either
2: you got two uses, people, or you got the vibe wrong first time. Maybe maybe I got oh. the vibe wrong.
1: This fella today, i wonder if you'll get the type just by this little interaction. Hmm. So, firstly, Sarah's teasing me because she says, uh, "Like, I, I, I return to my working class roots as soon as there's a tradesman in the house." Mm-hmm. Which I think there's probably some truth in that. Because um, usually, you know, I've, I've, I've climbed, <laughs> I've climbed up the social ladder. I'm desperately slipping back down again. <laughs> in social mobility, for it to work, really has to work two ways. Mm. But, but, um, yeah, I think I do talk differently, as as people do. Um, anyway, he comes in. I offer him a cup of tea because the first thing I want them to know is I'm a, the great kind of person who would just straight off the bat offer you a cup of tea, right? He says, Uh, yeah, I, I will. Uh, I will. Um, have you got instant coffee? I say, No, I don't. I've got a coffee machine. So, all right, I'll have, have one of those then. <laughs> so was, specifying instant mm. seemed odd to me, Mm-mm. and then he says, Uh, I say, "Oh, do you have milk and sugar?" He says, "No sugar, and um, you know what? What type of what type of milk do you have? Do you have any? It's not one of these trendy milks, is it?" And we do have oat milk in the fridge, but we also have regular milk. So I open it up, and uh, it's it's full fat milk. He says, "Oh, oh yeah, I can't have that either."
2: Wow. Okay. He
1: says, "Yeah, I don't want that." Uh, <laughs> oh, I said, "Well, they, they sell semi skimmed across the the road." He says, "No, I don't want that. I just want the red one."
2: What's the red one? Oh, the skimmed one. Yeah. Right. I wow. feel that is weird.
1: Very that weird. That is very particular, isn't it? Most that people you don't c-
2: have skimmed in their house. I think most people have semi skimmed. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. So fussy.
1: Yeah. Then he had a lot to say about prog rock.
2: Oh, really? How did that come up?
1: I'm not quite sure, but it didn't. Once it was up, it oh. wasn't going back down again.
2: Oh, yeah, we wanted to do it a bit. <laughs> wow. I wish that
1: young lad was back. Oh. With his incompetence oh. that turned out not to be incompetent he, he'd drink whole meal
0: <laughs>
1: right let's uh, let's have our quandaries in quandary corner at the Glap clinic here in problematic
2: okay, first one is from Liz. I've been taking an outdoor gym class three times a week, pretty much since the pandemic started. Where I live, the restrictions, even at their tightest, allow for five people per class outdoors and socially distant. Everyone brings their own material, including a mat and hand weights. I have various injuries, so I can't always use the same weights for each exercise. So bring with me two hand weights of five kilograms, two hand weights of two kilograms and two hand weights of one kilogramme. Before the class, we all lay our mats out and any equipment we might like to use. Some people also bring skipping ropes, elastic bands for resistance, and most people adapt each exercise for their ability. It's a pretty relaxed and friendly atmosphere. Most, most of us know each other and how the class operates. It is understood that everyone brings their own equipment, and if you forget your equipment, well, too bad. You just do each exercise without hand weights, or when we skip with a rope, you just jog on the spot if you don't have a skipping rope, and so on. The past couple of weeks, there has been a new instructor as the previous one has gone on maternity leave. And for some reason, with the new instructor, there has been new people also joining the class. This is not the problem. The instructor's classes are good and the new people are nice. When I arrive to each class, I lay out my mat and weights. My big heavier weights down to my smaller weights in readiness to take whichever weight I need depending on the exercise. You get the picture. Now, here comes the clangor. The past couple of lessons, the new instructor has looked around to see that some new people don't have hand weights, and he has just grabbed my hand weights and given them to this new random stranger. Here, you can lose Liz's weight. She's brought quite a few. The first time this happened, I was kind of speechless and mumbled, "Oh, okay, sure, yeah, okay," while inside boiling with rage. Those are my hand weights that I took the effort to remember to bring and also have to lug all the way to class with me. And what's more, now I'm stuck with only light weights and heavy weights. What am I going to do when I need the medium weights? Also, this random stranger is putting their sweaty hands all over my hand weights. I'm vaccinated, but still, the pre-COVID Liz can't believe we actually used to share communal hand weights instead inside a gym. To my disbelief, this also happened a second time where I weakly mumbled to the class, didn't you guys get the email explaining what equipment you need? The coach sends an email before each class saying what we need for the next class. It gets worse. I ride my bike to gym class and I have two big baskets on either side of the bike to carry things. I always park my bike just near where we work out within reaching distance. So I thought to myself, OK, next time I'll keep the weights in my bike. I won't lay them out on my mat. I'll just grab them as I need them. The class started and I dug into my bike basket for the first set of weights needed. The instructor then proceeded to ask me, Liz, what other weights have you got in there? It looks like Sophie needs some weights. Can she use yours? I couldn't very well say, oh no, I've only got these ones when it's obvious from the bulge in my bike bag that I had other ones. What shocks me most about this is that the new participants in the class now seem to think that I'm the one with the hand weights. How can I resolve this situation? I don't want these people touching my hand weights and I would also like the freedom to reach for whichever weights I need during the class. As a drifter, I feel caught in a situation I've created myself. I should have just said the first time, no, I would prefer not to share my hand weights and this whole thing would be over. But as a drifter, you know, I'd rather run down the street naked than say something like this. I might just have to stop going to gym class and start yoga instead. Help.
1: I'm telling you something, the instructor has smelled on you that this is annoying you and that they're, they're doing it to mess with your head i'm, I'm no. telling you that is what i would think straight away i would think this is personal
2: but can you see with a bit of distance that you might be being paranoid no, no. you think even like if yeah. it was in distance you think that's what's happening yeah
1: there's there's something flashing across your face or some panic or some anxiety and for whatever reason it's rubbing the instructor up the wrong way and they are torturing you
2: that is bad. How long is this maternity Maternity leave is often a year, isn't it? This is bad. Mm. I can't think. what. The only thing I could think of straight off the top of my head was it seemed to me that the instructor is not getting the rule different weights. It's like they think you've just bought loads of weights for everybody. It feels like you've bought everyone's weights. And, I'm telling you them? what, this
1: is, this, is, this is a teacher not liking the really conscientious student.
2: That's not fair. This is though. a
1: teacher who thinks you're the SWAT, and they they're trying to bring you down a peg or two.
2: This is not fair. Mm. I think label them with like heavy, medium, and light, and even like heavy for squats, medium for sit ups, light for arm curls. I don't I just think am I making up exercises? I don't know. You could say anything,
1: and I you know I <laughs> I, I would. Oh, right, that yeah, sounds realistic. Right, right. I don't know what happens an arm in gyms. Curl.
2: <laughs> okay, and then it would be obvious that you need all of them. Oh, also, I've got an idea. Mm why don't you, Doesn't really. it's a bit passive-aggressive, it doesn't really work, but it might make you feel better, big bag of anti-back hand wipes after everyone uses them, do a very over-the-top theatrical before and after, before mm. you pass them over. Oh, I'll clean them for you first. You don't want my dirty, like, that's hands, good. germy hands before and after.
1: Is there any way of making your hand wipes disgusting to other people?
2: Oh, that's an idea. Or making your
1: hands disgusting to other people?
2: Yeah, like reaching inside, like your bottoms, having a little rub. Yeah, like then, scratching like,
1: inside your armpits. Yeah, sucking your finger.
2: Yeah. Mm. Or you could say, sure, you can borrow this. Like, uh, my dog did a wee on it earlier, but I let it dry in the sun, so I'm sure it's fine. Like things like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Make yourself disgusting. <laughs> yeah. To the other exercisers.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think there's something in there, isn't there? Try them all. Try all of them. We need
1: we need to get revenge on that teacher. But it's
2: a shame that yeah that you think that that oh that it's mean. Definitely, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. That's mean.
1: <laughs> Would you not think that?
2: Then maybe to try and break this, maybe suck it up. One week, don't take any equipment at all, and then they'll they won't think you're the class swat anymore. Could,
1: could you um, write an email to their superior? yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, or ring them up. Let's role play that. (laughs) I've got reason to believe that your instructor has targeted me. (laughs) No, that's not an option.
1: But couldn't you send the the, the superior um, an email saying, look, I don't like to make a fuss, um, but I'm quite phobic, and my instructor is passing around my weights
2: Mm. The problem is that she should have said it straight away. That's the issue.
1: But there are some questions when people say, do you mind? Mm. That in the moment, if you said, oh, yeah, I do mind, actually. So hard. You'd look too insane. Yeah,
2: so hard. I sympathise. But, yeah, make them disgusting and then no one will want them. So... they don't have
1: equipment. This is what I don't understand. It's like
2: an outdoor thing where everyone brings their own stuff.
0: Uh,
1: I suppose buying a set of equipment for everybody would make it too expensive. Quite expensive, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that will be worth going into debt for.
2: <laughs> hey, everyone, I bought you all your own ones. <laughs> yeah, okay. okay. Right, okay. let's go to the next one then. Let me get my screen back up. Right, this is from Ian in Ilford. Can I please ask for your valued advice on that perennial favourite of the drifter, how to end a conversation? Uh. There's a slight twist here, though. To explain, most of my office are still working from home, but I am amongst a small group who go into the office most days. It's nice, as I've got to know a few people I otherwise wouldn't have spoken to. Now, I need to walk by said people each morning to get to my desk, and obviously we exchange the standard good mornings. The problem is is that I have a particular task I need to do each morning on the computer – The nature of it is not important. I like to get it out of the way first thing and then I can relax knowing it's been done. Therefore, I'm keen to get past the others to my desk sooner rather than later. They're a friendly bunch and I enjoy chatting with them later in the day, but do tend to get stuck in lengthy chats at their group of desks when I'm keen to get to mine in the morning. Therefore, what would your advice be to put a temporary pause on a conversation rather than end a conversation? Any normal person would, I guess, just simply say, can we pick this up later? But they're such friendly people, that sounds harsh. Any advice would be welcome. It's a pretty small problem in the big scheme of things, but it'd be very nice to resolve it. I'm not convinced there's anything you can say to politely pause a conversation until later. I Because I'm thinking if someone said anything to me, there's nothing that I wouldn't take as, oh, that I'm boring them.
1: <laughs> I feel that a phrase that sometimes comes out of my mouth and... St- as as we all know, all interactions are difficult for me, but something that comes out of my mouth with some ease is I am extremely interested in what you're saying. Can we just press pause on that for a second while I do
2: this? And do you think you could say that every morning? It's good to have a catchphrase. <laughs> okay, there we go. Great. Nothing to add.
1: Well, that was our podcast. Thank you for listening as ever. And uh, we're still after quandaries for Quandary Corner. We're still after podications, And we always want you stories of your social interactions gone awry. The email address is hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Carla Gowlett took our photos and Kim Rainey designed our artwork. And I'll, I'll finish this week, of course, by saying... Oh, God, it wasn't my bits. Podication time. This comes from Lara, who says,
0: Hiya. Hiya.
1: Hiya. Hiya. I would like a podication to Trevor. Dead mouse in a teacup Oh yes of course. course Married to my auntie so technically My uncle Although you got married when I was 13 So we both find that A dynamic that doesn't quite fit I can't remember if it was you Or I Who introduced the other to a drift, And you gave me a signed Copy of Annabelle's book Still one of the best presents oh, I've ever received Isn't yeah, that a nice thing to hear
2: Lovely yeah
1: Um. You've been a really good friend through hard times. Things would have been so much harder without your support. You are also a wonderful dad to my two favorite people in the world, my cousins. Thank you for letting me come on all your holidays. You've worked so hard to create a beautiful home for your family. I hope you are proud of what you have accomplished. So please spend the 30 seconds after this publication feeling proud.
2: That's a lovely thing to say. What Isn't a nice it? thing.
1: I also think, what a great uncle-niece relationship. I know,
2: I was thinking that before. It's so sweet. Especially Touched. as
1: uh, as as Lara points out. That comes a bit later as yeah, well.
2: Yeah, yeah. Lovely.
1: I know. I'm now feeling slightly resentful to all my uncles.
2: But they didn't put as much effort in. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Lara continues, I don't have any new moments of social awkwardness. But some of my friends and I like to share what we call salad water moments. These are small moments of delight in the drudgery of adult life that bring a combination of joy followed by embarrassment and slight sadness that we could ever be pleased by such (laughs) pathetic things. Salad water, of course, being the water that comes off a wet lettuce when you've spun it around in the salad spinner. Oh. Extra points for any dirt floating in the water. Mm. Others include bits rattling through the hoover.
2: Oh, yeah. Satisfying.
1: The hoover sucking up the plug when you unplug it. Oh, love Equally that. illuminating. I love that. Spinning the washing machine drum and a sock <laughs> that had been stuck on the side falling down. <laughs> Delightful. Yeah. Rinsing out a mop and watching the water get progressively dirtier. Very pleasing. Hot pan sizzling when you run it under cool water. Ooh. Incredible. Peeling plastic labels off new electronics. Mm-hmm. Positively electric. <laughs> I love these.
2: <laughs> They're lovely, aren't they?
1: I'm going to start doing this.
2: Mm. I'll
1: see if any occur to me. I'll start writing them down and see if I can uh, bring some to the podcast. That'd but, be nice. Um, I really like this. As I get older... It's where I find my joy, I think, small moments.
2: Secret to happiness. I think it is. Yeah. There's
1: no big moments. So
2: that's all we got. I might as yeah. well enjoy them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh.
1: Um, that's great, Lara. Mm. I really like all those. I'm yeah, really going to start trying to be more mindful of that yes. kind of thing. I have been really trying, in lieu of anything else going on, to really um, focus on those the satisfaction of, of, of little things.
0: Mm.
1: OK, I feel that's a challenge that's okay. been set for all of us. Yes. Well, it's excellent value. Mm. A moving podication. Yes. And some very good uh, content.
2: Mm, thank you very much, Lara.
1: D- did I say Laura just now?
2: I don't know. Well, how's she spelling it? No,
1: she said Lara, but yeah. I have a horrible feeling that... Not all the way through, just oh. then a second ago. <laughs> Sorry, Lara. I'm thinking about what I'm going to order for my tea. Oh, right, okay. I know what you're thinking. What am I thinking? You're thinking it's too late to be ordering dinner. It's five to ten. I've
2: got something to tell you. What is it? I sort of think that soup's not a substantial meal anymore. I told you. <laughs> I told you that in 2006. Uh, yeah, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of thinking it right I'm now. not anti-soup. No, no. If it was this time of night, then Yes. But like six or seven o'clock, five o'clock, which isn't I normally eat. I would not be happy with a bowl of soup these days. Yeah, yeah, I was right. Yeah, just I just felt like I needed to tell you that.
1: Thank you. Yeah. A lot of people mm. would would dig the heels in.
2: <laughs> I, I dug them in for like fifteen years. You did, yeah, you yeah. did,
1: but you know we we got there eventually, didn't we? Yeah. Um I'm so pleased that you said that. I think that shows real growth, Annabelle.
2: Yeah, thanks, yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh there we go uh that's the latest edition of the podcast if you would like a uh, a podication like lara did for trevor then uh, you can email us it's hello at adriftpodcast.com